Episode 46 of Slam City, guys. It's Ray and Maury here, Mr. Mech, on this breezy and kind of chilly day in New York City, to be honest. It's kind of tough. Yeah, because it was sunny like the past couple of days, and now it's become all cloudy and it's supposed to rain this weekend and stuff. This is not, this is not summertime NYC weather. <laughs> At all. And the fact that we had to jump from 90 degree, 88 degree weather to this crappy 70 degree not even sunny in 70 it's like cloudy in 70. yeah it doesn't it doesn't look anywhere near i'm wearing a hoodie for god's sake and so are you <laughs> you're wearing a zip-up sweater yeah i know i'm wearing a hoodie because i know it's mad breezy outside so i don't want to just wear a regular shirt or you know long sleeve shirt or anything i just think you know i'm just wearing a hoodie because for all we know this weather could be lying to us and say it just rains out of nowhere like it always does a little light rain out of nowhere so i just wear a hoodie it is as warm right now as it's going to be all day. It's 67 degrees right now. God. That's the high. I'm sorry, 68. It's going to go up 68. Wow. That's crazy. Tomorrow's going to be 77 but cloudy, and then Sunday is going to be rainy as hell and 81. Ain't that a? Ain't that about a... <laughs> yeah, I know. We can't say it here. Um, <laughs> on Monday, it's going to be hopefully nice and stuff like that. But 82 in thunderstorms. Yeah. Tuesday, partly sunny and 82. Wednesday, rainy and 78. The sun doesn't come out till Thursday and it's going to be 80 degrees. You know, it's funny. When I was on that trip, it was actually supposed to be raining all that week, but it got sunny out of nowhere, so we got lucky with that. But, yeah. It's it open. Reverse, reverse uh, stuff happening now, happening in New York City now to other places. But speaking of which, though, um, you know, the whole aftermath of the Warriors and the Cavaliers and the... Uh, you know, I think I was wrong saying that they were gonna Cavaliers gonna win because I thought right, right, right. they had their mind games going on and everything. I mean, that's just me. I I, I personally thought it was gonna be Cavs at five. That's just me. I wanted to see it. Meanwhile, I want look. I wanted to see it because I felt like you know seeing something like this has never happened before and and uh, you know looking at all this stuff and, and understanding that the Cavaliers. They, they wanted to prove to everybody that last year was in the flu, that they won, even though all the Warriors got those injuries and all that stuff during that series and everything. But I just I just wanted to see it. I just wanted to see that historical comeback coming down 3-0 because after game four, I was just like, man, these guys have been shooting the lights out at home. And, and you look at the stats of Irving at home and then him on the road, it's completely different. So then you look at game five and – those first couple of minutes, I was saying to myself, oh, this, it might be a game six and stuff. But I guess because it's a closeout game and it's at home, you start off kind of slow. And then eventually the second quarter came and they exploded. Or, you know, refs. Game four. Game three. No, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, game, game, game four. Game. At, 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 um, yeah, game four at the, at, at the Cavs. They Come on, man. That was like the worst officiated game I've seen this side of the Knicks. It was. That was terrible. And LeBron was super hyped in the beginning, which kind of makes me feel like the fix was already in. The fix was in after the first quarter, though. Let's be honest. I mean, when you had 22 free throws in the first quarter, you know the game was rigged. Come on, man. And how many did they lose by? How many points did they lose by? The Warriors lost by 21, even though they scored 116 points, and the Cowboys scored a historical 137 or whatever. With 22 free throws. Yeah. Come on, first man. quarter. I'm making a face. And they missed like five or six free throws too. Yeah, in that whatever, instance. man. Like I, I say all the time when people when people question me as far as the Knicks are concerned, and we start talking about like 
conspiracy theories, which I don't think it's a theory. <laughs> um, you can't you can't take a team out of rhythm. If they're afraid to play defense, if they think every time they touch you, they're going to get a call, guess what they're not going to do? Touch you. They're not going to play defense. If they think trying to defend you means sending you to the line, they're not going to touch you. And that's what it looked like with the Warriors uh, in the Cavs in game four. It looked like every time they so much as breathed on the Cavs. Foul, foul, foul. And, uh, okay, first take. Will Kane. What's that referee? Did you see that episode? Yeah, yeah. Out the ref? He yeah. Said, every time this guy refs, the Cavs are 0-3. He was like, every time they don't refs, the Cavs, the Cavs, I mean, no, no, no. Every time that ref is there, the Cavs win. Yeah. Every time that uh, ref ain't there, the Warriors win. Yeah. And the ref wasn't there. In game five. And the Warriors won. And and there's a rule in sports, and I don't know, you probably don't know this, but, um, you know, when I wrestle in high school, but even in general, when you know the referee's name in sports, you know, or umpire in sports, it's, it's you know he's a bad referee. That's, right, that's right. a fact. He's, included, he's involving himself too much in the game. Yeah, I remember when I was wrestling in high school, there was this guy named Bob that everybody hated because he makes these awful, awful calls. And he made even awful calls against people when I wrestled. It was just stupid calls and stuff. But I know he was being biased and stuff because I remember when I tried to pin somebody and the shoulders were literally on the ground, the shoulders, and this guy isn't calling it. I'm, like, getting mad and stuff. Like, I don't know what you want, like, for a pin or anything. And I get, like, some sportsman, like, kind of, like, I hated that because I was like, that's not fair. Well, I don't think anybody's talking that unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct when it comes to LeBron. Well, yeah, because... Except for everybody. Jamal Green was supposed to get, I, you know, it's funny because Jamal was supposed to get two texts in that game four and probably got suspended for game five all over again. That. But it didn't happen this time because apparently Steve Kerr was supposed to get the technical foul mm-hmm. and, and they didn't say that instead of, so Green's but how only had one foul, which is lucky and everything. Even after, even now that the series is over, I think, and I'm not, I'm not an anti-LeBron guy. I don't like a lot of the stuff he does, but I'm not anti-LeBron. But I will say, he's a poor sport. He doesn't lose well at all. Like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't lose. He's a, he's a very, very poor loser. He shifts the blame a lot. <laughs> he he still manages to take shots when it's all said and done. He always has to take a shot at somebody. Somebody's got to get a shot. And he he never fesses up to the shots he takes. Like when he was walking around holding the trophy, wearing a T-shirt that said the Ultimate Warrior. Like, come on, that's a shot. Yeah. But then Draymond Green does it. And you got something to say? Hey, I don't understand. Like you just being a, so, so you get to do what you want to do when you win, and use your ultimate warrior shirt, and those three and one cakes, and the, I mean cupcakes, and the Halloween party and stuff. You do all that, but when they do it the other way around, you get all sassy you by tight. being yeah. like, oh, oh, you know, they did it to me. What, what was this all about? Like, what the hell? And then he goes back at them. Like, you can't go back at them with this comment about, oh, you never played on the super team before, and you started the super team as Jim on Green said. I don't believe that. I think the first super team was Boston. But they were old, though. Not at the time. They, they were, like, in their been 30s. Exit, they may have been, like, exiting their prime, but they were still beating everybody. They still went and got a chip, so that still counts as a super team. The super team, that, to be honest, is probably disappointing because they only had one title. I mean, yeah, but, again, you got them at the wrong time. Like, you, they all got together when they were, you know, at leaving their prime. And, however... The Lakers beat them, too. And right. that ticker team wasn't even a super team. It was just Kobe and Gasol and a bunch of guys, and right. yet they won. But then LeBron won up the super team. Like, he, he, didn't, he, didn't, um, he didn't invent the super team. 
But he definitely like added on to the blueprint of the new super team. Because everybody's doing it now. Well, here's what I'm seeing. And I, I got to agree with Max Kellerman on this. There was the original super team where, where uh, and I, I call them a super team because I say to be a super team, you got to at least get a chip. Yeah. Right? I don't count the Stockton Malone. I don't count the Carmelone, um, Peyton, uh, Kobe. Kobe. I don't, I don't count that as a super Shaq, team. Cause they, yeah. Right, because they didn't get a chip, so I don't count that one. It was a good try, but I don't count it, especially since Peyton and, and Malone were way out of their prime. Yeah. So I don't count I don't count that as a super team. Um, no chip. They lost to the Pistons at five, yeah. Right. So no chip, no no super team. Um Boston, super team. They went and got a chip together. They all got together and got a chip. Chances are they wouldn't have gotten a chip if they weren't together. So I count that as a super team. Um LeBron, well, I'll say Wade, I'll give Wade the credit. Wade actually figured out he couldn't beat them by himself. Right, the Boston Celtics. He couldn't yeah. beat the Boston Celtics by himself, so yeah. he arranged and engineered the next version of the Super Team. So this was like Super Team 2.0. <laughs> he went and got he went and got uh you know he got LeBron to come through, he got Bosch to come through, yeah, surrounded him with shooters and a couple of defense defensive minded dudes, and he went and got a ring. No harm, no foul. Um, this is Durant saw that and was like, okay. Well, I can't arrange to have, like, other people come to Oklahoma because it's Oklahoma. Yeah. Normally comes to Oklahoma. Right. People don't come here unless they're playing us. Like, I can't get anybody to just come here. However, I can go someplace and insert myself into a team that's already crazy. Super Team 3.0. Instead of engineering something and putting a whole bunch of others to other players together, I'm just going to go jump into a well-oiled machine and be a bigger piece for them and be just a big piece for them. So now the only thing LeBron can do, because I don't think there is another version of Super Team, I think LeBron is going to have to jump on Super Team 3.0 and go join another squad that's already crazy. But the question is, you think he's really going to leave Cleveland? I mean, it's going to be hurtful for the fans if he just leaves again to for himself and then Cleveland's going to suck for the next, like, 10 years. Because we all know one thing. When LeBron leaves, regardless if he leaves in Cleveland or retires in Cleveland, that team's not going to be the same anymore. At the all. championships, those... The, Kyrie Irving's not going to be a guy you can count on to carry you to the franchise. I mean, let's be honest. He's a he's a gifted scorer. He's, he's really talented. I mean, he could do whatever he wants one-on-one. But when it comes to making people around him better, he's not. that's not that's what he does. Which is why I don't like that Allen Iverson comparison that KD made. Yeah, that was kind of stupid. That was... Very stupid. Because Allen Iverson carried the team to the finals. To the finals and was and actually took a game from the from the Lakers. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kyrie Irving carried the team to the lottery. <laughs> That's true though. So I don't want to, I don't want to hear any talk. That's why I understand that this Cleveland stuff like with Kyrie and Kevin Love on the same team when you have those guys and yet you guys can't win a game without LeBron. Yeah. Like it makes no sense when you have two All Stars. You can't at least like. If LeBron was off this team, they'd be a lottery team or be an A for knife C team. That's what they would be. Which is crazy because they're loaded. Yeah, you got Kyrie and Kevin Love. And then it's funny because 
remember they were in Miami Heat, LeBron and Dwayne and Bosch. When LeBron didn't play games, D Wayne and Bosch, they won games with a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Because they're smart players. They're not, they've been there, done that. They've done it before where they carry a team or they play together. They're all star caliber players, and they're, they've each been a franchise player on their own. Yeah, Chris Bosch. had the franchise tag, and it went nowhere. He yeah. couldn't carry the team. And Chris Bosch was, is, is better than Kevin Love. I mean, he's really absolutely. absolutely better than Kevin 100, Love. 100% better. I would take him ten times over ten over Kevin Love. Yeah, like he knows his role, and he knows he, know he had to sacrifice when LeBron was there. But before then, he was just you know monster and stuff like now that. Now I'm just trying to figure out. Well, back back to the original point. LeBron is definitely a sore win, a sore loser. Yeah, a poor winner and a sore loser. Like when he wins, he wants to be able to say whatever he wants, talk crap about everybody. When he loses. He doesn't want anybody to say anything to him. You gotta mind your manners because you might hurt his feelings. Because he has sensitive feelings. If it was in the nineties, don't want to care. <laughs> if it was in the nineties, you just have to suck it up and eat it. Like you lost, and no one cares. And you lose, right? Yeah. That's, that's it. And Durant gets to write the narrative. Durant gets to say, "Yo, I'm I'm better than you." Now I don't know if anybody really believes that. But I like that commercial that Nike released yeah, that after was the excellent. final. That was, that, was, that was a good commercial. That was, a, that was an excellent commercial. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, um, a lot of people say when you go back and look at history after it's over, people don't care you know, about the whole going right, to the super it's, it's team. Winning, we won. It's win and lose. It's win and lose. Like nobody says, oh, Sugar Ray Robinson lost to, you know, yeah. he lost to this dude. Nobody cares that he was like this old when he lost, that he was out of his prime when he lost. Like, nah. Win, lose, win, lose. No, they never negate those last three wins, these those last three losses when you were out of your prime. Nobody negates those. Chris Bosh, if he goes to the Hall of Fame, if he doesn't, his career is over now because of medical reasons. Now, is anybody going to remember that he, he's a two-time champion, multiple-time MVP, carried a franchise, like is, is was a legit scoring threat and good on defense, was one of the first big men hitting threes? Yeah. Is anybody going to think of that? Or are they just going to say, well, now you washed out? Now you can't say that because he's got two rings. And he was a part of the team that got rings. Like, he wasn't just a bench player. He wasn't Eddie Curry. <laughs> oh, God. Like, like, he actually I got I still can't believe he got a ring. I, I still can't, can't believe that. he got a ring before um, everybody. Like, everybody. Everybody the Knicks, yeah. Everybody on the previous Knicks and everything, he got a ring before everybody. He's just sitting there on the bench. Yeah, like, nothing. thank God Channing Fry managed to get one. Mm-hmm. Nate Robinson still doesn't have one. And that was the big three for us. When That was the big three for the Knicks. It was Channing Fry, um, Nate Robinson, and Eddie Curry. Remember, Eddie Curry yeah, was yeah. supposed to be our big man in the middle. And then he had days where he looked like he was really going to get it popping. And this dude lost his career to cheeseburgers. <laughs> oh, my God. You man. can't push away from the table, big boy? Like, yeah. Really? That's what you had to do? Like, Greg Odom at least had legit medical issues. Yeah. Things that he could not help. He, he could not help what happened to him. You just couldn't stop calling dominoes. You spent millions at, at Pizza Hut. You fat slob, and now you got a ring, you bum. Like, he's a bum. He is a bum. Every year, the worst player in the league should have to give a ring if they get it to, the, to like, yeah. Kobe Bryant or something. Like, there should be some kind of osmosis program. You know, the one thing I hate about the LeBron thing, though, is that every time he loses, it's never his fault. Every loss is always somebody else's fault. It's never his fault because right. he gets these tremendous stats in the finals. And in my opinion, I think he's just becoming a stat guy instead of a winner. That's just my opinion because I feel like 
And then I don't know if you saw in game five, but there was like five three percent at the end of the game because we know the game was over basically after the, they got that late. Rolling to the he just kept rolling to the basket, getting shots. So he's like, "Oh, it's not my fault because you know I got like I forty-one. Double. I got yeah. forty-one points, so you can't say anything. No one can say anything that I didn't show up or anything. But if you look at that game, it's almost like Warriors just wanted to score and they want anybody else to score because they literally fall into the trap. The media is well. He played his best because he got 41 points, but you look at it closely. Most of the time, it's like garbage points most of the time that it looks like it's good stats, mm-hmm. and no one says anything about it. And that's why I get mad about, like, you guys don't, you guys say this and that about LeBron, but you really don't say most of those points are because of garbage minutes when the game was over. He's playing the long game. He's playing, you know what I mean? Yeah. When, when he realizes that they're not going to get the chip, when Kevin Love doesn't show up, when Kevin Love scores five points, awful. yeah, like when he goes zero for whatever and, and, and scores like only so like a couple of points, bad, yeah, and and the game is over and and Golden State is clearly cracking your face, yeah, and you can't do anything about it. Durant's like fifteen or nineteen or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like he's, literally. Just, he's just shooting the lights out. Yeah. Roll into the basket, dunking. When Andre Iguodala starts dunking the ball, like yeah. he was back on the sixes. When he saw that dunk, when he just put it up the palm and little, just one like it just, that, it like just bank, yeah, just oh my god, yeah. A couple steps after the free throw line, and just starts throwing it. You down. see LeBron like right there, like looking at he him. I'm like, no I thought, smoke. I thought he was gonna like jump in, just no, just let him go, he whatever, was like, Man, whatever. Listen, I'm not gonna be on Andre Iguodala's poster highlight reel. Yeah. Like you're not gonna tell the whole world you dunked on me. I'm not doing it. And like, Stephen Curry good. showed up. He didn't settle for threes. He went to the basket a most of the time. Like he was like eight of nine, I believe, in game five in the paint or whatever. So he he, he was playing good basketball, Curry. I mean, and then people criticized him in game four because he didn't show up. And he had like fourteen and ten, and Irving played, you know, play him off and everything. But really, this Irving and Curry stuff's gotta stop because these are two players that are different in their own different style. Styles. And not yeah, only that, you're comparing a, a two-time MVP who won unanimous MVP to a, a player who, who's offensively minded but sucks on defense and yeah. doesn't make anybody else around them better. Like, Curry actually makes people around them better. Those passes. You saw some of those passes, yeah. Curry, with that bullet pass in the lane to, um, to who was that to? Was it Iggy or was it, um, or was it Durant? I think it was to KD. Who's a KD? Bullet play at Bullet pass right down the middle. Boom. Yeah. KD dunks it in. Like, that was a that was dope. Yeah. Like, and, real point guard business. And Kirby, like, you know, he, he, he makes around people around him better, but he also rebounds effectively. He, he's pretty good pretty good at stealing the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't settle for threes, and, you know, he, he played his game. And, and people criticized him about taking a step back with Durant, but he really wanted Durant to come to the team, and they wanted to play together like this. He doesn't care about They're the whole spotlight. To, I'm telling you. These are arguments that we're having now in the heat of the moment watching the game. Ten years from now, when there's a whole new crop of know-it-alls all over the place talking about who's the best and who's the best and who's the best, if you weren't there for the game, you only got to live on stats, which is why Jordan is still widely considered the best. It's for two reasons. Number one, his stats are like nobody else's. Six and no. Right. And number two, there are people around who were alive for the Jordan era, and they happen to be basketball aficionados. They're the people who you really can't talk basketball with because they know everything. They either played the game or they've been covering it their whole lives on some Stephen A. Smith type business. So you can't talk to them and tell them that. You, now, you can sit there and say, Jordan never this, Jordan couldn't do this, Jordan couldn't do that. But there are people who were there who saw it, and they tell you, no, dog, like, Jordan did this, 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 and this, went 6-0 and against the top 50 players of the league. 
he sent some of the top 50 into the Hall of Fame ringless. And it was a different set of rules, hand check rules, all this other stuff like that was out of the pit. You know what I mean? He did it in that system in that era. And then the you see at Fox Sports puts that out saying LeBron faced like 25 Hall of Famers in the finals compared to Jordan facing nine in the finals and stuff like that. And you know Fox Sports likes to be a little biased because they all want LeBron to win this and that. I mean, most of the time the conversation is about, oh, LeBron this, LeBron that, and then it's always an excuse if they lose. Like, oh, it's not his fault. It's never Because really, it's never his fault, apparently. That's right. why I don't understand. Like, if it was somebody else, it's their fault. But the, the fact is LeBron. 25 Hall of Famers. And what about, what if, uh, in, in the, see, why would you just stop it at the finals? Why wouldn't you start it, like, as, as. Yeah, like why would you, finals, yeah, like why would you? Finals, why would you start first from round, the beginning? Second round, all that because stuff. Because yeah. all those rounds, Jordan was facing Hall of Famers. All those rounds, Ewing with the Knicks, uh, the Pistons always had like a Hall of Fame team. They were always stacked up. Yeah, Penny and Shaq were um in Orlando. Yeah, like what are you talking about? All the way through, he had to fight through. Meanwhile, LeBron. On the East Coast, who did he really go through? No who one. did he really have to see? No one. Who's a possible Hall of Famer? John Wall? Paul George, maybe. I don't Paul know. George? I don't That's know. That's two. Isaiah, maybe, if he keeps going the way he's going. Al Horford? Like, I'm just I'm just pointing out the quote-unquote stars that the, the possible Hall of Famers. Now, meanwhile, over on the West Coast. It's a lot of them. Everybody that the Cavs, everybody that Golden State had to play had a bomb squad on it. Like, had some difference maker level player on the team. And I remember in 2015 when the Warriors won it, uh, there was that where Curry beat the all-NBA first team. Like, he was the first player ever to right. do that. And that's, like, that's pretty impressive, too. Pretty impressive stuff. But like, going back to LeBron, and then people saying that, oh, he made it to seven straight finals and this and that. And, like, listen, I don't care if he makes it to 10 and 15. If he's, like, 3 and 13, that's just tar- horrible. That's a horrible stat. And, and people are going to be like, oh, it's better to get there and to never get there. But, well, I have a problem with that. It's like, let's say you're in school and you pass the first three tests. I probably said this story before, but you pass the first three tests with, like, flying colors or whatever. And they're, like, 10% each, right? And then the teacher tells you, well, your final is, like, 60% of your grade. And you do terrible on it. What do you think teacher's going to remember more? Right. The, the first three or the final? Right. They're going to remember the final because that's that's your passing grade. That's right. what you're going to be. I see LeBron is in that situation where he's done the good the first three rounds, and then when he gets to the finals, he doesn't show, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't win or anything. And people are going to remember that more than him going to, like, even though it's a great accomplishment, but it still doesn't justify the fact that you're three and five in the finals. And it's too late to, you can't reverse those stats. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, there's no getting over that. You, you, you're, you literally, Kobe ain't got that. No, he's five and two. So what do we, Come on, man. Duncan's five and one. Like, Jordan is six and zero. Oh. Yeah, Dur- Durant is uh, one and one right now. He only made two finals only. That's got to count for something. Curry's uh, two and one right now. Curry, Green, and Thompson two and one right now. All those guys are two and one. So they they have positive records right and now. And they're gonna keep rolling. Yeah, they're Golden keep rolling. State's not stopping any. Yo, that owner of Golden State. Yeah, he's gonna break the bank to keep this open keep this thing going. oh he's gonna keep it yeah and and, and they these players might even take a pay cut for all we know because if you take a pay cut anything is, could happen and everything and, and i know one thing it's like all i know is that if 
Stephen Curry and Green and Thompson are all on the same team together for the next like five years, whatever. It's gonna be good. And five, they got five years worth of championship runs. Yeah, and it's just, it's just that's what's gonna happen. And you look at Curry now smoking a cigar because he he waited for like a full year to finally smoke, smoke a cigar. cigar. And you look at it, like a picture of Jordan does the same thing too when he was like twenty nine, the same age mm-hmm. as Curry and everything. And it's like you can't compare these two players, of course, but the way that the team is heading right now, they're they're going to that direction of trying to be like those Bulls teams of the 90s where they just dominate over everybody. And I think they have longer runs. I think they're going to have a longer run because, like you said, the game's not as physical. No, They're not not. suffering nearly the amount of injuries that um, the 90s players suffered. Like, there's a lot less wear and tear on the body. And the way they pass, there's no crashing and diving into people and running into... Like, they go through picks or whatever, but it's not that level of physicality that it was... Uh, back in the 90s, so I think there's going to be a lot less wear and tear. There's always less wear and tear when you're a shooter, yeah. as opposed to a driver. Like, you're not, you're not even... Look, if if there was a stat to tell you how many times one player has crisscrossed the court in their lifetime, like how many <laughs> steps they've had to take to crisscross the court, consider where Curry pulls up from. Yeah. It's like half court. Maybe. There's like a whole... 45% of the court that he just doesn't touch, that he barely gets to because of where he pulls up from or where he shoots from. And that happens more often than not or where he passes from. Like, he doesn't take that many steps. So I think, like, just the wear... You know who's going to have no wear and tear? James Harden, because he doesn't even jump to shoot. <laughs> no, most of the time he just shoots the ball and he goes to the basket, tries all these fouls and everything. And, you know, he's going to be crafting in this league with that... With that uh, Rules and all, all those rules and all, all the regulations and everything is ridiculous. But there's no getting over his shot. That that shot goes in. Yeah. Like even if he's not faking you into sending him to the free. Throw yeah, he goes like fakes to jab step, takes that shot. You gotta pick your poison, man, because that shot goes in. Those ridiculous threes he shoots go in. But yeah, man, back to LeBron. I I think I think he's. I don't know what he's going to do to get past the Warriors. I'm not sure he can really do it with the Cavs. Well, the question is, though, Cavs going to this offseason, we, we knew even, even before we were going to win or lose, they were going to make a lot of tough decisions about these players that they got to have. So Kevin, Kevin Love gone. Kevin Love is gone. Hopefully, hopefully, I mean, that's what they're hoping, that he's, he's mm-hmm. gone, he's traded. But the thing is, can they trade Kevin Love? Because he's not hearing rumors about Paul George, but then they're seeing Paul George coming to Indiana for the 2017 season. But we all know that's probably just smoking screen and everything. He really wants to leave somewhere else. But I don't know how they can trade Kevin Love because this is a guy who who was before he went to the Cavaliers he was like a twenty four twelve guy. Then he suddenly took a step back and he's averaging like eighteen and ten or something like that. And he hasn't been really effective. He hasn't fit with the, this team. There is one franchise stupid enough to make a trade. The Lakers. They're not gonna trade for Kevin Love though. There's one franchise. Because why would you trade for a guy who you could pair up with Porzingis playing the same position? Idiots. Because they're complete idiots. They're going to move him to the five. They're going to let Kevin Love play the four. And they're going to bring in all draft people and probably end up keeping Derrick Rose. And they're going to do it just to get rid of Carmelo Anthony. They're going to trade one for the other. And that's going to be the end of it. Because they're idiots. Plus, you see the scenario, though, that you said before that Mel could be going to the Lakers if they want to do that trade? Yeah, I, I, but they, they're right now. Well, he has a no trade clause, but I don't know if if he waives that, then he can go. They're going to send him wherever. 
I think he wants to really stay with his team, knowing what the draft picks are going to have on next week's draft, which we'll talk about more, actually, too, because this draft's going to be interesting to see what the Knicks are going to do. I don't think he's going to make a move until the draft. But the rumor that I heard, CP3, Paul George, and Melo to the Lakers. That's the, that's the rumor I heard. And I think LeBron will want to trade himself out of Cleveland, knowing that they're not going anywhere in that in the next season. Well, he's got a year. But what 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 if, what if half the season they're not going anywhere? They're like twenty and twenty. That's and, not gonna happen. I mean, that happened before with David Blatt, but then they went on a little run, of course. But yeah, then... that's not gonna happen. They, this this team has found the groove to always be perennial uh, All Star East champions. Like yeah, only the East Eastern Conference champions. Yeah, which means they always have a puncher's chance when they get to the West Coast. It's just a matter of what pieces can they fill in to get them some kind of guaranteed love. Now, Paul George, I can see him wanting to go play with LeBron and take Kevin Love's slot. I can see Melo wanting to go do that. Um, CP3 is, like, super friends with Melo, but I can't see them putting him in place of Kyrie because then what do you do with Kyrie? Does Kyrie play the two? I mean, he has played the two. I mean, to me, he, he he's always been a two. He's never been a point guard. The right. guy doesn't make anybody himself other than himself make it better. Which moves like, J.R. Smith and Shumpert. J.R. Smith and Shumpert got to go. I think No, I think Shumpert Smith, should go. I was about to say, Smith's the only person I think who showed up. Smith should stay because of game five because he was shooting the lights out and putting him in the game. He put up 25. He went in. He, yeah, did, he, he did what he needed to do. Yeah, when he showed up, he showed up, but Shumpert didn't show up at all. I mean, he, that, no. he hasn't improved since he got traded. Like, people say, like, oh, he's maybe slightly. He got slightly in, but, better defensively, but. Those things. Scoring wise, yeah, he's, he's so he bad. Like literally, every time he tried to shoot a pull-up shot, that's why Warriors were just letting him shoot threes. He couldn't even make any of them. And he was over for several moves. And most of the time, he tries to the basket, he misses a layup. Most of the time. Or clunks a dunk. Yeah, or clunks a dunk. And then he he now flops on defense with these calls. Like most of the time, he plays defense. He's like doing that little facial thing where he snaps his head back every time some defensive I thing. I blame and LeBron for that. That seems like the LeBron strategy of defense. Yeah, just go like that. That's, LeBron, put your... that's, that's that old-fashioned LeBron footwork right there. That's oh, it's the fashion of Hollywood, going from all those movies and that. You understand how to act now. So he does all those little acting yeah. stunts. Or he watches a lot of soccer games and understand how soccer players used to flop too. And they get a good call and look, and then they're all fine or whatever. But, yeah, Cleveland, they got a lot of answers to questions. But one of them they got to answer to, no, actually two of them, is the bench and their defense. Because their defense was trash. And I don't want to hear about, oh, let's just get mellow and this and that. It's only we're improving. Melo can't play defense. Well, Melo's never, yeah, Melo's never been forced to play defense. I don't know if LeBron is the guy to show him how to do it. Seeing this out, he be taking defensive plays off. And the fact that he can't even guard Durant, and Durant's like 28, and he's going to be 29. And yeah, it's just bro. like, you, you, how you going to, the thing is, how you going to stop Durant? And it's like LeBron can't really stop Durant. Durant can get anything he wants. And you got to put Paul George. I don't feel like Paul George can stop Durant either. Well, see, that's that's another thing. I'm not sure you can really out-defend the Warriors. I'm not sure. But you that, can't outscore them either. I think that's the only thing you have that you, you have that that's your only option. Or the option is you got to have a bigger lineup and get a bigger team. Right. Like they got to. Demarcus Cousins. They got to be mobile. Those, those whoever you get has to be mobile. Demarcus Cousins can barely move. But he can definitely post up on them. 
Totally. Now you can you can throw it down there to him all day, but when it comes time to defense, that's the problem with this right. team. Like literally, they don't mind having a big lineup, but they could just run on you if they get a rebound, and then the center there's no center right behind him to block the shot or anything. Right. So it's like it's just so difficult. That's why I'm just like, if you get a Paul George, yeah, that's a little improvement, but I don't think that closes the gap. I don't think when the whole press conference they say after they lost, like saying, "Oh, maybe we're as close as we are with these games and everything," it's not really close at all. I mean. Yeah. It's just difficult. Uh, Melo is not going to make them better, and Paul George may be slightly better, but really, it's it's going to determine their defense, and that bench, they got to let go of that bench. That bench is awful. We have Channing Fry, who didn't even play in the series, really. He played like a two-minute stretch, and he got blocked, and then that was, we never seen him again. Yeah, I, I, don't, I thought that was a mistake. Kyle Culver made some shots, but we, he's never known to be a clutch guy. Like, he never really is. That's why people can can say, oh, don't make LeBron have an excuse. He made the right play passing into Kyle Culver, who's like a good three-point shooter of all he's time. A shooter. But the problem is, is that he's never been a guy who's been clutch in those situations at all. Like, all the teams that he's played on, he's never been clutch to make three-point shots like that. See, but that's the other end of it. That's other people's <clears throat> arguments because Melo has always been clutch. Yeah. Like, and Melo is way more clutch than Kyle Corver. Exactly. Way more clutch than, than, uh, than uh, Kevin Love. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I, I don't understand why people, like, they defended LeBron for doing that passing game three, and I I would have never defended him because if you look at history, Kyle Culver has never been a guy who made clutch shots like right. that. No, that was a mistake. Yeah, that was a mistake, and I, I don't know why people defend him for that. But then you look at also uh, Darren Williams was washed up and old. Mm-hmm. Like, my goodness, the guy couldn't even make a shot until game four, and then he disappeared in game five. And then mm-hmm. he, I, it just made no sense for that. And then you look at other people like Tristan Thompson, who's probably going to get traded too. I mean... My goodness, the Kardashian curse was for real until game right. four. Yeah. And then game five, it was okay, but still, like, it's just it's so much stuff that Cleveland's got to have to answer because they might come out of the East, but when it comes to the West against the Warriors or even the Spurs, for all we know, they're not going to make it out of that. They can't beat those teams. If it was the Rockets, maybe, but the Rockets still play a fast place like the Warriors do. Yes, they do. So, I don't know. It's it's very difficult. I'm more interested right now, to be honest, in where the big dogs are going to go. Like, I'm, I'm trying to see what LeBron is going to do. I'd like to see what Melo's going to do. I'd like to see what um, Paul George and CP3 are going to do. Um, I think the idea of all three of those guys going to L.A. to play with um, possibly Lonzo Ball at yeah. the point. I mean, well, which, would, which would be like almost also some kind of Magic Johnson remnants in the sense that when Johnson came to the league, he already had a stacked team. Mm-hmm. So it would be kind of interesting to see if they do something like that, that ball will get drafted and will be like in the same situation as Johnson was when he was young. I don't know if they won the title, but they'll be in the same situation. I mean, where you it's already like, improve your bench if one of those two guys has to go to the bench. Yeah. One of those two, I mean, because CP, CP obviously gets the point. Um, you obviously give him the point. Um, but now if you have a point and a two that are both good at passing and good at moving the ball in Lonzo and CP, and you have CP teaching Lonzo how to get down, you know what I mean? Like yeah. how, to, how to move the ball around. Okay, well, then you have very – that's mobile artillery because those two dudes moving the ball around is a good look. And who are you dumping it to spot up? Paul George and, and Carmelo Anthony? That sounds like a slaughter. Like that really sounds hard to cover. But Melo can Melo can shoot on anyone, and has range all over the court. And and Paul George actually moves and goes to the hole and defense too. Um, the thing that I have a problem with that though is that you get all these all stars together and everything, but sometimes it might have to be with that chemistry issue too. 
See, that's the other thing. Though. I don't think they have that problem. They you don't play with the Olympics, and Melo and Melo and CP are like best friends. Well, that that could work, and I think yeah, CP three, Melo, and of course LeBron, and maybe even Wade for all we know coming off the bench or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It'll work, but but the the chemistry is just so important because you look at the Warriors and how Durant just fit in right into their chemistry and they play so well together and they're unselfish. They don't care about who scores and everything. You think Melo sacrificed that with a team like that? I think knowing that he's already gotten the money, the only thing left to do is get a ring. And I think he shows up in LA like whatever y'all want to do. I I don't I can't see him trying to. I think he's had how many years has he been with the Knicks? Like six, six or seven. Six or seven. Yeah. I think he's had six or seven years of it's my team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now he's first of all, Magic is not Phil Jackson. No. Of course he's not. Magic is way more respected. Yeah. Way more like cherished and idolized than Phil freaking Jackson. <laughs> and Magic is a player. So Magic Magic is a former player, like a player of a mod- more modern era than the one Phil Jackson came from. Yeah. So Magic knows a bunch of things and can speak from a bunch of perspectives that Phil Jackson can't. And Magic don't play all these head games. So I think Melo coming out of there, first of all, is California. So everybody's happier in California. Everybody's always happy in California. You're coming from New York where the spotlight's no longer on you now. Like, you're not the guy. You don't have to answer for everything that goes wrong like Melo does. Your front office is no longer trying to throw you under the bit or under the bus. Then you get CP3. He gets to come. He gets to stay in California, but now he's playing for the main franchise as opposed to the sidekick franchise. And he gets to do his thing with one of his best friends, which is Carmelo Anthony. Paul George gets to leave Indiana, which everyone should have on their bumper sticker. I got to leave Indiana. People should only go to Indiana for the pleasure of being able to leave Indiana once they get done. And he gets to go to a big stage and be one of the key guys on a big stage. Now he gets to play in a major market. And who wouldn't want to be a part of it? With those three dudes, and then Lonzo shows up, now you got your two guard and your one, your two and your one that are both passing like ones. I think if if I'm Magic, I'm trying to pull that trigger. I'm trying to make that happen. I'm trying to get all three of those dudes. Because you got though. nothing but cap room and you got nothing but air and opportunity to fill up your roster with. And your bench automatically becomes better. Because now everybody who was starting for you is now moved to the bench. It's true. I mean, it's, it's that would be a dream scenario for the Lakers, but I don't even know if they'll do something like that. It depends on what LeBron wants to do. Because now LeBron... Yeah, Luke Walton is coaching. And Luke Walton's coaching. He's been with the Warriors, so he probably knows most of the scheme. He could set stuff. that up, B. He could set that up, that moving the ball system. He could set that up. Well, can even can LeBron even follow Luke Walton? Like, will he listen to him and everything? I don't think LeBron should go to the Lakers. I think LeBron should try and get down with the Spurs if he goes in there. You listen to Greg Popovich? I think, Yes. Because I that's think, always been a problem with him about coaches. They really doesn't listen to them. I they, think Popovich at it. is the only dude, that coach, one of coach, the few yeah. dudes who would, who could tell outside of Tyron Lue because he actually listens to Lue. I don't think he listens to Lue. I think he just looks like he listens to Lue when we see the hoes. But I think in the back of head, he's like, oh, yeah, okay, I think whatever. I think Popovich. And who's who? Who who's my man who who uh, leads the Clippers right now? Doc Rivers. I think Popovich and Rivers are probably the only two dudes that... Mark Jackson, maybe? Uh, he coach? Maybe, but he doesn't have enough coaching experience that LeBron's going to listen to him. Jack Van Gundy? Nah. He, he might, but no. I think 
hands down, the cream of the crop coaching is Popovich. Popovich runs his team like the Patriots. He's basically Bill Belichick. Yeah, basically. With, 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 yeah. with better clothes. Yeah. So <laughs> you don't say no to Belichick. Like, you know, dog, I got more rings than you. I got more years than you. I got more experience. Sit down and shut up. He's got like seven rings overall. Two with the Giants and five with the Patriots. So, yeah, so, so like, he's been there everything. Dude, what are you saying? So on, on the other end, Popovich is going to be pulling the same kind of weight. You know what I mean, I've been to the playoffs how many times? I got I've coached how many Hall of Famers? I got how many rings? You really might want to be quiet. You got a young player, Kawhi Leonard, and everything. Like, right. Like because looks... quietly, I don't need you. Yeah. I don't need you. You can partner up with us. We don't need you. We don't need you here, dude. Like we we would have stomped you if you were in the if you were in the Western Western yeah. Western Conference. The Cavs were in the Western Conference. I got two teams they probably wouldn't have made it past. The 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 San Antonio Spurs being number one and the Houston Rockets being number two. I think either one of those teams would have took that would have took that series seven games easy. For sure. Uh, the thing about Chris Paul though is that is he gonna leave the Clippers though when you see Jerry West saying that he's gonna be a consultant now for the Los Angeles Clippers. I mean that could help them a lot because now their Doc Rivers can just coach and do whatever. He doesn't really need to do all the general manager stuff. So would that persuade Chris Paul to stay with the team, maybe knowing that they make some moves, or is still Chris Paul still gonna leave? Depends on who they can get. Blake Griffin's gotta go. He's gotta go. He's gotta go. Blake Griffin's gotta go. Um, if they can get Melo, if they can get Paul George, like I think the combination of Paul George and Melo with CP, I think that's a winner. And DeAndre Jordan. Jordan stays. You just you're five ish for sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you got a great. That's a great number five. You got a great four. You got a great three. You got a great point. Who would they get it to two? I don't think JJ Reddick's gonna stay. He might go. If he stayed, he'd be better off. But he's been. I mean, if he stays and you had Paul George and Melo, I mean, that's not bad. That's great. You put Melo at you put Melo at the four. Yeah, you good. It's 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 gonna be interesting to see that because I, I know I know one thing though. The bench is still great. Yeah, the bench is still. The good. Clippers have always had like a, a loaded bench. But for some reason, they just keep choking in these moments, and I don't understand why. Me neither. Like if the Warriors lost this series, I would have said they were like the Clippers of the finals, where they just keep <laughs> choking and stuff in these moments. But the fact that the Warriors won it, it just erases everything now of a possible you, dynasty. What do you think? Um, where do you think your boy goes, uh, Westbrook? Think he stays? I, I think he's a loyal guy. I don't think he would want to leave anywhere. Unless unless for some reason the Knicks just become really, really good that he will go to the Knicks. But I don't think that will happen. That's, I, I don't think anybody's I, playing for them. I don't think Phil Jackson wants to type play like Westbrook. I mean, maybe he does. But we don't know. Maybe Phil Jackson wants to play like Westbrook I on this team. But anybody wants to play for Phil Jackson or Dolan after the mess they've made with Melo. But if they become Dolan. relevant and they become really good and then Jackson looks good, Players who want to play with the team, but if they look like they're trash, and then of course they're not gonna come. Dude, we're getting like all lottery, all lottery people. But again, we're getting three picks in the draft, which is next week, by the way. And uh, you know, one of them that they wanted to probably get as a point guard position is this Frank uh, Latilla kid from France, who's like six mm-hmm. five, has a seven one wingspan, and, and he's a Jeez. great defender. Apparently, like he's a really good defender who's probably gonna work on his offensive game when he's here and everything. So if they get a player like him, and they get longer, and they probably get like a shooting guard probably as well, or whatever they need, like a small four, because they're probably going to trade Melo. And, it, and those players, they develop into what they should become. I mean, 
the blueprint for them to be successful again is looking at the Warriors and what they built. They drafted. They didn't get a number one pick. Stephen Curry was le- was seventh. Clay Thompson was eleventh. Yeah, but they also have Mark Jackson on deck who development. Well, that's the thing. It's about it's about players. redevelopment for these players too. Like and the I Knicks, don't see the Knicks doing that. I mean, Porzingis is developing slowly. Good, but the thing he is, may can not he even be there. He's so pissed at this whole mellow situation. He walked out on his last interview. Yeah, that, that was bad. Interview. Like he may not even stick around. He's got. He's got to answer that though when he comes back. He can't just. He can't just leave that go. He has to say he's, he's upset. It he, is what it is. Mellow's like his big brother. He's upset, but but what he said about Mellow Jackson was true. He's a ball hogger. He's a stopper. And this isn't that. Yeah, but you 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 figure that out by putting other players. You know what I mean? Like you you do so. I don't think the triangle helps that. It doesn't help. But if if you want to play a team basketball game, because it looks like the ISO ball era is over. over. There's no it's more about that. Yeah, it's yeah. no more about that anymore. It's not about one-on-one, on one, this and that. Now it's team basketball, like the Warriors, like the Spurs even, for all we know. And speaking of which, the super teams, I mean, the Spurs were a super team too, and no one says anything about them because they're just like, they just keep coming and coming and getting all these players. But that's Yeah, that's that's another thing. The, the Spurs are one of the most consistent franchises. In, in the league. And I want to think about them being a super team or super because they, franchise. They keep showing up no matter what. Like, yeah. And again, they, they're they're not. How, how do I say this? The Golden State Warriors aren't really a super team. They became one. There's a bunch of low draft picks who developed into phenomenal players. I mean, Green was 35th on the Warriors. That's my point. And none of they don't have number 1 picks. Curry they, was none seventh, of them number 1. Was projected to be a third string point guard. Apparently. And then Durant shows up to yeah. a team that had already developed themselves into a 72 win team. And that remind me of Durant like like with the Yankees when they traded for A-Rod, even though A-Rod didn't sign with them, but it just reminded me of that cuz like A-Rod went to the stack Yankees team. And they won one title and everything, but you know he went to a stacked team. That really kind of remind me of. You know, baseball's a little different because baseball you need all these all stars to win a championship, yeah, and it's yeah. not like you can't have one guy winning it for you. Nah, anything. it's never one guy's team. It's why no one, no, very few times is there one guy who ever stands out. Yeah, like because it's, it's the ultimate team game. That's right? why everybody hates the Yankees when they have all these all stars together and winning titles and stuff like that and all the money. And also in football, it's hard to develop a super team when when we seen one. That that may almost won the whole thing and lost to the Giants and, right. and Patriots when they had that super team and then now trying to do it again for Brady. It's just super teams in the NFL. It's difficult because you can still have it and still lose. There's so many moving parts. Yeah, your offensive, your offense, offensive line could be ridiculous. It could be great, like the full, Cowboys. Yeah, full of savages, and then the defensive line is like terrible. Yeah, and, and now what happens? Or vice versa. I mean, offensive could both be great. Could be top five. And then you still lose. And then your quarterback's terrible. Yeah. Turning the ball over, getting sat. You know. So, so NBA, NBA, when you got super teams and fans say they don't like it, that's actually having great ratings. Everybody likes to see these super teams and see if they lose or something like that or win or all that stuff. I'm all for it. But yeah, like the Knicks in the draft, if they draft this point guard at eighth. I mean, I'm not gonna hate it, but if you look at the history of the eighth round, the eighth, eighth pick in the in the draft, it hasn't been that well. And I don't know what they're gonna do because. They still need to, to find a small forward. I don't know what's gonna happen with Courtney Lee. I mean, he's getting older. They gotta have to drive a shooting guard regardless. He's a good two-way player, but he's maybe on the bench now. 
Yeah, I think they need to get like a shooting guard, a young shooting guard off the draft too. So next, they got a lot of work to do. But we all know one thing: they're not gonna win a title in the next five years. They're gonna have to develop something. I think they're looking at the Knicks right now. I don't think. I I don't think. Wait, are you gonna watch draft next week, expecting the one they're gonna draft at eighth? I'll just, I'll just watch. I'll just, just show me tomorrow. (laughs) The chances are I won't know a lot of the dudes that the Knicks go get because they they like to shop in the European market, so I won't be familiar with these dudes i'll just have to go figure it out and whoever they get is probably not somebody i have really had my eye on so just give me the names and then i'll go go on youtube and see if there's any highlights and try and figure out what we get what we got well we only one thing though jackson loves his, his draft top tall players because he wants length and he wants speed and he wants guys that are unselfish and he wants all this stuff in his little team so the six five point guard. We all know he probably just wants to draft him for his life and his defense, and hopefully he develops the offensive game as well. Hopefully. And Porzingis, that's why Porzingis is like seven three and this and that. Like he wants to be a tall team, and you look at like teams that have that are like the Bucks and the Warriors and even the Spurs mm-hmm. in, in some sense in their positions. The Bucks really. Yeah, the Bucks would be scary. The Bucks are killers. Yeah, they they getting there, man. They get they, they gotta get better, and then they actually could challenge Cleveland for the East. But right. can they challenge right. the Warriors for the East? I mean, for the finals. That's the question. Greek free. It's Greek free. Yeah, that's the only thing because he says he could be just as tall as Durant and who's do it. Yeah, like who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna defend him? Yeah, that team's gonna be good though. Jason Kidd knows how to. He's a good coach, so he's gonna develop. He kept him too. That's another dude I wish we kept around. Yeah, but you know how New York is. They let go of people and they become really good out of nowhere in other teams, other franchises and stuff, which is like the common thing for the Knicks. Lame, lame, lame. Sitting there watching the Cleveland Knicks. Cleveland Knicks. Cleveland Knicks. And yet they still lost, though. This time. Yeah, they lost really bad. So, you know, we got a little bit of time here. I want to talk about this fight between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor because now that the set date is official, 26, August 26. I mean, the way I see it, are they in the way of the Maidana fight? I don't. The Triple G. um... I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. Well, the one thing I know, though, from this fight, though, is that. These are two, well, one guy is a boxer, and another guy is an MMA fighter who's going to be a boxer, apparently. So, the only, well, actually, a couple questions I have is, how is he going to be accustomed to that type of style, not using his elbows for kicking, when that could happen on, on actually, it actually happened in the ring. Like, give me just, like, a muscle memory instinct. Where you just mm-hmm. gotta like elbow, but now like not intentionally, but like I'm like you just thinking that out of the fight, and I could see that happening with McGregor, unless he just really really is into that to that punching, just more punching. But this is a guy who's never been a boxer; he's just been an MMA fighter. You have one guy who's forty nine, oh, who could be fifty, you know, if he wins this fight, which we all expect he will win this fight. But I don't know if it's killing the sport and making it look bad because the MMA fighters is a boxing, or it's just maybe people want to see something different. Well, the, the, what we're forgetting is Conor McGregor is not a knockout artist when it comes to his feet. Everybody he knocks out is with his hands. He's yeah. always punching them out. He always puts them to sleep with a strong punch. The problem is he's never faced anybody with a defense of Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather has learned to block punches from people who have trained their whole life to punch. They don't train anything else. They only know the science of boxing. Floyd is a specialist in the science of boxing. So I don't suspect. I, I just see. I just see uh, 
kind of throwing a bunch of punches, maybe trying to wear out the, de- the defense. In other words, just beating Floyd's arms up. And Floyd just opening up his defense just long enough to punch Connor in the mouth and then go right back into defense. Do I really think, don't see it that, that much different. Do you think there'll be a scenario, though, like he just punches him hard, um, McGregor punches Mayweather hard, and then everybody's stunned. Then he goes to the ground. Yeah, yeah, and he then might, He might and put like, him on the back of the head. It would be like a punch he's not supposed to take. Yeah. Like that would be the only thing I can imagine. So now everybody will be stunned if Mayweather just drops to the ground or something like that because I punched my McGregor and but I don't, out of nowhere. I don't think... I See, I don't think Floyd is going to play with him. I don't think Floyd's going to joke around like to get hit when he's in the pocket doing it. Like Maybe when he's got space, he might clown him a little bit like he normally does with people who swing and miss. And I think he, I can see him doing that. But I don't think I don't think Floyd wants to come back and get like dropped by an MMA guy. I don't I don't see him like joking around enough to get caught on some Anderson Silva type business. <laughs> I just don't see that as happening. It's just interesting to see because you see a lot of boxing fans, boxing analysis that find it disrespectful that an MMA fighter is trying to, to do this to be a boxer and everything. And it looks bad for the sport. But I know everybody knows there's a zero percent chance that Maybe McGurk might, might not even punch Mayweather. Like, he won't even land a punch on him. And I can see that happening. But I think it'll be shocking if he does and stuns the world. Like, I'm not comparing to, like, Rocky and Apollo in the first fight when Apollo just thought he could just beat Rocky like that, just like mm-hmm. that, because he's like some little low-ranked fighter. But that would be surprising if that ever happened, something like that. It'll be awesome. It'll be interesting. I'm going to watch. I mean, of course, I'm, I'm going to watch it. Pay for it. No, no, watch. I'm not paying for it. I'm not paying $100 to watch a fight that ends like in 30 seconds or even a round. I don't think it's going to I don't think it's gonna um, end like that. I don't think Floyd's going to knock him out. Think think Floyd's just going to beat him up. Oh. Yeah, I just think Floyd's going to beat him up for a bunch of rounds. I think he's just going to punch him out of nowhere anytime he wants to. Remember the uh, remember the last fight with uh, Cesar Chavez Jr.? Yeah. And uh, who was that? He fought. Was that Maidana? I think it was my fault. Red hair dude. Floyd beat him up. Oh, damn, I forgot his name. Cause the last fight I saw for Floyd was, of course, Manny Pacquiao. But... I think it's going to look like that fight. I think it's going to look like if that dude just beat Cesar Chavez up for like a bunch of rounds. He never knocked him out. I don't think he knocked him out. Well, he's not a knockout guy to begin with. He's a defensive fighter. Who, Floyd? Yeah. So he hasn't he never... been a knockout artist in a long yeah. time. He, doesn't, yeah. he hasn't had that power in a long time. And and Connor comes from taking punches with eight ounce gloves, or like what those those mini gloves that they rock. He doesn't come from taking punches from like a padded set of boxing gloves. Unless he's already training for that already right now. Yeah, who knows, dude? It's just gonna be interesting to see him get beat up for a bunch of rounds. I, I don't. It will be shocking though if he just got if he really knocks out Floyd Mayweather, yeah. like for at least one time. I'm not saying win the fight. Just one, just, time. one time. I just want to see the reaction that, that happens. Oh, I know what will happen. I know what will happen. What, what will happen if that happens? It'll be the exact same thing that happened when Floyd faced, um, what is this dude's name? Light Skin Cat with a, like a little afro. He's a part of, he's a part of Golden Boy Promotions. Um, him and Floyd Floyd. And he clipped Floyd one good time, like rocked his jaw. Floyd had to hang on to his arm. <laughs> like the punch clipped his jaw. Floyd just hung on for dear life. And the, this is what's so funny about this fight. Y'all, y'all can actually go look this up. It's on YouTube. Uh, the guy who was training him, 
right? The yeah. guy who was training Floyd's opponent. He said, every, the, the, the book on Floyd is that he's a talented punk, that he's a coward. And I don't think he's a coward. I'm going to tell you exactly how I think this fight is going to go. He's like, I think my guy's going to come out and punch Floyd in the mouth. And Floyd is going to draw a tail, uh, draw, uh, grow fangs and claws, <laughs> and turn into a dragon and start spitting fireballs in the ring. And he was like, and we just going to counter with lefts because we're not going to get caught by them fireballs. So he was like, I think he will rumble. I think if you, if you piss him off, he will rumble. And what happened in the fight? This dude clipped Floyd crazy. Wow! Right across the jaw. Caught him flush. Floyd had to hold on to keep his legs from, like, buckling. But he, he, grabbed his, he grabbed the dude's arm and held it just to hang on so he didn't fall. And the second that happened, the second Floyd got his, got his legs together and, and got through the, the, the quick flurry, yeah. Floyd started beating the crap out of this man. Floyd, it, it, it's exactly what the dude's trainer said was going to happen. All of a sudden, Floyd turned into a monster and just started pounding this guy out, punch after punch after punch, landing square in his face, punch to the gut, one to the face, one, two to the gut, one, two, three, four to the face, another one for the face, another one for the face, one to the sternum, two more for the face. Like, he just started lighting this dude up left, right. Everybody who's listening, go check it on YouTube. I promise you it's one of the most ironic things I've ever seen a coach say. He literally predicted his own fighter's demise. And it, <laughs> and it came true. Oh, my gosh. I got to see that. And I think that's what will happen if McGregor catches Floyd with those soft gloves. Yeah. I think if he catches Floyd, it's going to hurt. He might rock him a little bit. And Floyd is going to – he's not going to knock him out, though, because he's not that one-punch knockout power with – with these padded gloves. Like, it's different bare knuckle to jaws. Because these yeah. big-ass padded gloves, Floyd has been hit before. Floyd's not going to go out. And if he gets hit, he's going to stand up. He's going to grow wings, grow a tail, um, draw fangs and claws, and turn into a dragon in the ring, and start beating the crap out of Conor McGregor for the rest of the fight. And all I hope, I hope that it happens early. I hope that Connor comes out and catches catches Floyd one good time, like catches him and puts a shock to his system and embarrasses him right in the beginning of the fight. So the whole rest of the fight, we can just watch Floyd like turn into a dragon in the ring. That'll be interesting to see. I, you know, it'll be interesting though if he does that and then Floyd comes back, but then Connor just, just doesn't drop down, like he doesn't give up or anything, and he just keeps fighting and fighting, and, and then. You gonna see a lot of the fans be like, "Oh, he might have a chance here, and this and that," and the whole crowd will be stunned and everything. Of course, that won't happen, but it will be kind of interesting to see if that ever happened in that scenario. Cause they say that all the time. That's true, cause they want they just want something to be competitive. Everybody just like wants the, to see Floyd lose. I don't even think it's a matter of competitiveness. I just think everybody wants to see Floyd lose. And and if he loses to Connor, which probably never never happened, but if he did. My goodness, would that be like a sting on his record right now? He lost to a guy who never boxed ever, yeah. but he was a fighter that just came in and boxed him. Yeah, he lost to another world champion, though. Yeah. Which I don't think is going to happen. Like, I don't even think McGregor is going to touch Floyd. I think people who train their whole lives to touch Floyd Mayweather couldn't pull it off in any significant kind of way. Dudes who have been boxing since babies have not been able to put a hand on Floyd Mayweather in any significant way. 
undefeated boxers have gone up against Floyd Mayweather and look stupid. He made Ricky Hatton look stupid. And Ricky Hatton was undefeated when they fought. You can't even do that. Oh, one was in their prime, one wasn't. No, Ricky Hatton was prime time ready to go and got knocked the F out. He got caught with a short punch right to the face and ran into the ring post and fell asleep. So come on now. He made Manny Pacquiao look stupid. He did. He really did. And Manny was dangerous back. He was considered dangerous. Apparently he was hurt, though, apparently, during the fight. But what? Never, yeah, I don't yeah, even, yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah. halfway believe that nonsense. <laughs> like, I never believe that. always sounded like crap. Huh? I was hurt. Yeah, whatever, bro. You were lost. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens, though. Well, you know, it's going to be today's show, though. You know, we'll talk about the Yankees a little bit, probably in a couple weeks. because. Because, yeah, exactly, it's 3 o'clock like right now. Like the computer says. It's 3 o'clock, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to talk about all the stuff later on. This summer is going to be most likely about free agency and a little bit about the baseball time with the Yankees and these Mets and where they're at right now. And, of course, let's not forget about the NFL season. I mean, the all seasons is a lot to be closing up soon because then training camp's going to start. And then, for all we know, that's going to be the talk of the town. Colin Kaepernick is officially being blackballed. Yeah, big time. It's official. There's no getting around in there. I know. That sucks for him. But we're definitely going to be talking about that as well. Uh, you can follow the Slant City Facebook page and Sanctuary Outscore 360 account on Twitter. You can follow me at Morinus10. I'll be at Mr. Mech, M-R-N-E-C-C, that's Instagram and Twitter. And you can click on all the previous episodes of our show on SoundCloud. So, see you next week.